Zalat and I. And I'm Tafara Jamian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, Tever, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? I am okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little drained this week, I'm going to be honest. It's been a bit of a day. Yeah, bit a bit, bit of a day. Bit, bit of a, a day. day. Yeah, I mean, today, today I decided to do things in our bathroom to mm-hmm. make me hate it less and ended up spending like all afternoon painting and now it looks kind of exactly how it did when I started. So I'm feeling some kind of way about that. <laughs> It'll get there. But at least I made apple crisp, and so we get to eat that later, which yeah, I'm excited about. That will be nice. And I I made the decision to go get hot dogs and corn for dinner tonight. So at least we had <sighs> hot dogs and corn. was so good. It was really good. It was such good corn. It's corn season it for is. those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, I guess. <laughs> I think corn is grown pretty much everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere at right. this point. <laughs> uh, so go. It's like, you know, at the, the time of year where it's like three cobs for a dollar at the grocery mm-hmm. store because they have more corn than they know what to do with yeah it's pretty uh, sweet it's really nice really really good good time to be uh, a fan of corn yeah it's also hot dog season as always because it's really the time of year for hot dogs year round because they're <laughs> just they're hot dogs you this know? is the time of the hot dog harvest this <laughs> <laughs> is where they... if you go to the hot dog fields they are ready for picking <laughs> you've seen those right people call them cattails sometimes but that's oh. just a hot dog plant Hot dog plant. Ah, fun fact. Mm -hmm. The cattail is entirely edible. Every part of that plant is edible. Yeah, especially when you harvest it and put it between a bun with some ketchup and relish. I'm just, it's it's the second week of pay, right? Yeah. And second week of pay is the week where I have no money left. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, uh, how how do I make exciting food that I'll feel excited about? Yeah. And not stress myself out financially? And the answer is no, I won't. You know, it's it's one of those weeks. Yeah, it's one of those weeks. Yeah. But uh, you know what? We're here today to to break loose from the doldrums of second week, second, second week payroll week or whatever you want to call it. Hey, it was a pay week for me. I'm good. It's true. You're, you're in a better spot. You, you can hear it in our voices. Yeah. You got paid this week and I didn't. <laughs> and so what food is good this week? What What's the what's on the what's uh, on the this menu? This week, the only good food. <laughs> Corn. Um, no, so I'm I'm really excited about this episode. It's a fun one. It's one that I uh, uh, is very close to my heart, and also very close to us, as in directly off this room on the balcony. Yeah, I was going to say I popped out onto the balcony earlier for reasons and looked at the flowers that were out there and thought. I think these ones are the ones we ate last week. Yes. So we're talking this week about edible flowers. Yum, yum. Um, this is, 
Yeah, I love edible flowers. I think they're just so nice to know about. And there's something that a lot of people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like I found a lot of people don't know how many flowers you can eat. <laughs> how many of the flowers that you see in a day are edible. Yeah. So so right out the gate, let's uh, clarify. We are talking flower with an O-W-E, not flower with an O-U. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about the sex organs of plants. Yeah, yeah. And which ones you can eat. The beautiful ones, not the one that is a white powder. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, we'll talk about flour. Yeah. This week, we're talking about flowers. So to kick this off, yeah. I thought it would be fun to ask you, mm-hmm. what are some edible flowers that you know about? Yeah. So the one that hits me like right out the gate is dandelions. Because yeah. I, I have known for years now that dandelions are edible, uh, especially that their greens are tasty. I don't know if I've actually eaten the flower, but the you greens i You also don't eaten, really like the greens. Yeah, they're not my favorite. They're very bitter. They're very bitter. I do like a bitter green, but like I have to be in the right mood for it. Yeah. And I think that the more bitter it is, the harder it is for me to be in that mood. Yeah. But I see their value. The flowers I've made dandelion honey out of. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also make like, um, you can like like drink them. You can like steep them. I, I think you, you made me some kind of drink with dandelion at one point. Or Probably. maybe like a simple syrup or something. Uh, Is that I did make a simple, I made a bunch of floral simple syrups a little yeah. while ago. Uh, I have dandelion root tea. Um, I do that. I probably have given that to you and you've had tummy problems because it's really good for tummy problems. Yeah. And dandelion's one of those beautiful plants where every part of it is edible. Yeah. Uh, what I've seen people do with the flowers the most, apart from just like toss them in a salad, is turn them into fritters. You just like batter and fry them. Okay. Um, but I'm not a big fritter person, mm-hmm. so I've never done that. This is where you and I differ. <laughs> I know. I know. You know how I am. I have a complicated relationship with fried food. I get it. I get it. Um, uh, I want to love it more than I do. <laughs> Except for French fries, I love French fries. So I think capers, technically, right? Like they're, uh, they're a flower, a flower body. They're the yeah. bud, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's but true. no, that's a good. That's a good start. Yeah, um, I think honestly, like those are the two that, like, for me come to mind immediately you know prior to this summer when we started doing more stuff with edible flowers around the house um nasturtiums are tasty are they the ones that tasted like cucumber no no those ones are borage and borage borage is a lesser known plant and i'm going to talk about it borage is good yeah now there's a flower you've been asking me to look for at the market Mm -hmm. uh for like the past two months oh of course yeah we we have been keeping an eye out for squash blossoms or zucchini blossoms whatever you want to call them Yeah, squash blossoms. So Mm -hmm. squash blossoms are edible. Right. So rather than making this episode a list of every edible flower, because like there's so many edible flowers, I'm going to try to cut it into some categories of like how you might discover some edible flowers. Because the thing with edible flowers, I think the reason so many people aren't familiar with them is because they're not in stores. Like you can't just go to the store and get yourself some nasturtium blossoms. And I mean, the reason for that is that flowers do not transport well, right? Like it would not be cost effective. Even like squash blossoms at the market, they'll be like $15 for like six of them because it's just like... they're not a cost-efficient product. Sure. But one way that people are probably the most familiar with uh, edible flowers is in drinks. Sure, right. Does that give you a little more inspiration? Not specifically off the top of my head, but like... I certainly, when I think about edible flowers, I don't necessarily think about like, let's eat like a plate full of flowers, right? right. I think of them as a garnish either yeah. on top of something or in a drink. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't tell you like off the top of my head, like which ones people use for that. Sure. So one we've talked about pretty extensively on this podcast is actually sorrel. 
Okay, or sure. Or Jamaica or hibiscus tea. Right. Um, hibiscus flowers, this particular kind, have a beautiful tangy flavor, and they're used not like often in beverages, but they mm-hmm. can also be used to flavor things um, and can just be eaten uh, on their own. And right. that's a really nice like citrus flavor. Chamomile tea. Chamomile is a flower. Okay. And chamomile is another one that you can eat fresh, that you can throw on things as a garnish, make a little salad out of. So basically, I mean, roses show up in tea. Lavender shows up in tea. Uh, Those are both beautiful edible flowers. Uh, When you think about like Middle Eastern cooking and how often rose water shows up. But like when we talk about edible flowers, are we also like, are we talking about the whole plant edibility of it? Or are we just talking about like the flower itself? You know what I mean? So I'm just talking about the flower. Okay. Because then rose water, like, of course, I'm not thinking about rose water. Well, rose water is made from the rose flower. It's not made from the rest of the plant. It's not just like a juice that lives inside the stem or something. No. All right. We're going to chalk that one up to another thing that I I feel dumb about today. All right. (laughs) Um, rose water is distilled from like simmering rose petals very, very uh, gently. And then, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's that how, that's how floral waters are made. So yep. it's from the rose petals. Okay. Um, and so this is, I'm not saying this necessarily as these are all like, because this is a product from the flower, it's an edible flower, but rather as a way for you to identify mm. the edible flowers. Oh, of course. Because if the rose water is drinkable, then the rose is edible. The rose. And this yeah. is something that like, I... I have always just snacked on rose petals. Like, I really like how they taste Mm. fresh off the flower. And there have been a couple of times where I have not, like, really thought about it and just snacked on some rose petals. And somebody's been like, uh. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Um, And and to me, that just is an opportunity to say, like, yes, you can eat these. They're delicious. Like, they taste like rose. They taste a little lemony. They're, like, like juicy. They're so nice. Um, Different roses, of course, have different flavors. But sure. like the wild roses or rock roses that you see kind of everywhere, those are so nice. Uh, fun fact, rose hips, also very tasty. Mm. But they're a fruit, not a flower. So we're not going to talk about them today. Fair enough. Now, I I really love the moment when people discover eating flowers. Yeah. I, I love being there for that moment. Because like I had that moment at some point where I was like, okay, weird, but okay. And like every time that I, I'm still not used to it, you know, uh-huh. every time I eat a flower. <laughs> I have this moment where I'm like, I'm not ready for what the texture is going to feel like, if that makes sense. Uh, not in a bad way, just in a like, I cannot remember what this texture is going to be like. And so the I put it in my really mouth. Different, like, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. I put it in my mouth expecting it to be weird. And it's not that weird. You yeah. know, I always think it's going to be weirder than it is. Yeah. So for those of you listening who have never eaten a flower before, take that into consideration. It's not as weird texturally as you think it's going to be. But my favorite is being there when someone else discovers it uh, a little while ago we had <laughs> toby's godfather friend of the show julian mckenzie over for dinner and uh you had made this like beautiful cucumber salad with uh some flowers from a the bunch garden. of flowers yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was awesome it was really tasty and uh you know julian was eating the cucumbers pushing the flowers aside <laughs> and then at some point toward the end of the meal you were like you know you can eat those right and he looks at them and he's like oh <laughs> And the devastation on his face as he took a bite of the flower. I felt so bad. I felt so bad because I had not put those flowers in the salad to challenge him. I put the flowers in the salad thinking, this is a beautiful, fun thing yeah. that I'm going to do. Like, See, and, um, I, have a, I have a decade-long 
uh, history of making Julian eat things that he doesn't necessarily want to eat. So <laughs> for me, it just brought back fun memories of our early 20s. Um, it was it was like his face went to six years old. Oh I looked God. across the table and it was just the saddest child face. And I was just like, well, honey, you don't have to eat them. It's okay. <laughs> if you want to be adventurous, you can try a bite. <laughs> but, and, and that's it. Like when I see most of the time with edible flowers, like they're placed on something as a garnish yeah. or in a way that makes them look like a garnish. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you just like, don't bother with your garnish. No, I always eat the garnish. I mean, me too. But like, <laughs> I don't judge people if they like miss the garnish, yeah, you know, yeah. like if, if it's just kind of there and they're like, oh, that's beautiful. And they push it aside and go to the, you know, yeah. the main part of the meal. Right. And so like, it's always fun for me when, when there's that moment of like, oh wait, these are edible. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fun for me and myself as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, if I'm eating something and I haven't immediately clocked that the flower is edible and not just pretty. Yeah. And then I get to have that moment of eating that flower. It's like, oh yeah, cool. Like, yeah. this is a, it, it's an exciting little discovery every time you know yeah so I think that if you are a newbie to eating flowers and you're like what is this about um there's some really simple ways to get into it Mm. I think a really good beginner flower is nasturtium Mm -hmm. we've mentioned nasturtiums a couple of times I was astonished when I found out that there were people who grow nasturtiums not knowing that they're edible because I grew up growing nasturtiums as an herb. And I had never heard of nasturtiums until you mentioned them to me specifically okay. as an edible pl- flower. So I too am shocked when I find out people grow them not to eat. Um, I love them. Nasturtiums are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are somebody who gardens, you probably know about them. They have this big umbrella shaped uh, leaf, green leaf, that is also edible and really lovely. And the flowers range from like yellow to deep red. And then there are some uh, some other varieties, but the majority of them tend to be like orange to red mm-hmm. and some yellow. Currently, I have both yellow and red varieties growing. Uh, you can get both trailing nasturtiums that'll like climb on your fence or uh, non-trailing um, that can be in your like window box or whatever. Sedentary. Um, sedentary. <laughs> and yeah, and they have these beautiful flowers that are edible and the leaves are edible um they have a heat to them that's like a radish heat Mm -hmm. so it's not like a chili pepper heat it's like a radish heat yeah um and they're also the flowers are also sweet because they have nectar pockets so nasturtiums are also a great one to grow if you want um pollinator friendly flowers Mm. around that's kind of nice you can feed the bees and feed yourself exactly but because of that um if you are picking them out of the garden Take a look, because uh, ants <laughs> really like the nectar, too. Sure. So you want to shake them, blow them, rinse them, whatever your your comfort level is. And make sure there's no bugs in there. Yeah. I mean, like, good good kind of rule of thumb for anything that you're picking out of a garden. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure there's no bugs on it before you eat it. But I think nasturtiums are a really good starter flower for people who aren't familiar. First of all, because their texture isn't that challenging like some flowers do have a more challenging texture but nasturtiums are crunchy Mm -hmm. they do have like the softness of the petals on the ends but the bulk of them is like crunchy there's a little nectar they're a little juicy Mm -hmm. uh and they have that like beautiful bold flavor which a lot of flowers have a very subtle flavor yeah nasturtiums really have a like distinct unmistakable flavor of their own yeah yeah that's it and and i think like radishy is a really good way to put it yeah yeah they're they're nice it's the thing that is fun with for me about this is like you can eat flowers that taste like other vegetables and it kind of fucks with your brain a little bit right (laughs) where it's like i can eat the nasturtium and the borage yeah and like if i close my eyes 
I'm like, oh, am I eating cucumbers and radishes right now? And it's like, no, you're not. You're eating flowers. Well, and I like to do cucumber and radish salad with nasturtium and borage, sure. right? Um, because that's just, they, they, they pair really nicely together. So you, we've mentioned borage a couple of times, and let's actually talk about it. Borage sure. it's very I, nice. is very nice. Uh, I started growing borage not knowing like, I didn't know anything about it before I started growing it in the garden. Okay. I, I wasn't familiar with it. Um, but it was it's also called star flower. Uh, it was recommended to me as a good pollinator flower and as a good, like, annual self-seeding plant that will spread like crazy and come back every year. And I sure. was like, that sounds good. It's originally from the Mediterranean region. Uh, and it's been used in herbal medicine quite a lot. Mm. It's a really pretty plant. It has sort of fuzzy silvery green leaves, fuzzy stems. It's also called a star flower because the flowers look like beautiful five-pointed stars. See, I um, find these like, I don't disagree that they're pretty, but I find them kind of scary pretty. Yeah, they're like, sort of like alien flowers. They look like they're going to be mean to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I kind of like that. Sure. They the flowers are mostly blue, but sometimes bright pink. We have like a variety in our garden. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably based on soil chemistry or something. I don't know. Sure. They were in the medieval era a symbol of courage, and often knights uh, mm -hmm. going off on their pilgrimages would have borage embroidered on their scarves. Sure. As a symbol of courage. I mean, honestly, with their little like so so they have the sort of front flower and the back flower. If you've ever seen the Pokemon Starmie, it kind of makes me think of Starmie a little bit. Like it's two stars, one in front of the other kind of offset a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that kind of has the vibe here of like a superhero arms outstretched with a cape that kind of flutters behind them. So yeah, I get it, you know, I not that, see that superheroes were a concept back then, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to be, if we're going to be fancy about it, they have like a, a pretty um, stellate calyx that alternates with the flower, with the petals. I believe you. Yeah. They're used for uh, gastrointestinal, respiratory, cardiovascular issues, which is initially why I grew it. I like to grow respiratory herbs because mm -hmm. I have respiratory issues. Yes, but the flowers have been used in salads for millennia. Hmm. We've talked about the history of salads. We've talked, well, we've talked about how um, salad used to just be whatever little greens were right. available. And so borage was one of them. Pliny talks about them being helpful. Syrup of the flowers of borage, comfort the heart, purge melancholy, and quiet the frantic and lunatic person. This is a quote from uh, John Jarrard's Herbal. It's interesting, though, because Pliny, we've never really talked much about Pliny the Elder. And people listening, uh, Pliny the Elder is a character. You got to... You should just do a little deep dive into him when you have time. Um, also, at some point, uh, said that it's like if you mix it with wine or something, it makes you probably wine. Uh, you, you can make wine from borage. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Pliny saying something to the effect of like, don't mix these two or you're going to like forget what you did tonight. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> anyway, they're very good for you. And they taste like cucumber. Right. Like a cucumber flower. Yeah. Um, they're really nice too in like drinks you can make like teas with them or syrups mm. with them and, and it's got that cool refreshing flavor yeah. or you know throw it in your water with some mint and some cucumber slices it'll be really beautiful and tasty uh, you can freeze them in ice cubes we'll get into uses of, yeah. of, of edible flowers later but I love ice cubes with little flowers yeah, in yeah. them yeah. It's cute. Okay, so so we've talked sort of more generally about what is in our garden. And mm -hmm. I want to get a little more like concrete into how can you 
a person listening to this get into eating flowers and discover edible flowers. Mm-hmm. But before we do, let's mid-roll. Merrily we mid-roll along. Here we are. Mid-roll Aren't you glad we're halfway now. done? I, I, man, I've never thought about mid-roll as a verb before, but I'm into it, honestly. <laughs> Midly we roll along. <laughs> Woof. Well, uh, folks, if you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're rolling on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of Augie Doggy, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you are basically donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six so if that math is exciting for you get your butt over there and do it leave us a rating and review you can also read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode if you join our patreon you'll get access to our new monthly newsletter the no bad food recipe club where each month we'll post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family if you want to or you can just keep them to yourself that's fine we're not checking you can be a recipe dragon that just hoards recipes in your little cave You can do that. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, what are you waiting for? Love me like you do. Please consider joining up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. That just almost made me snarf my water. Love me like you do. Okay, so flowers. My first broad category here. And listen, I live where I live. I live in northeastern uh, Turtle Island, North America. I live in Quebec. Uh, I have all grown up in this region. You know, I lived in Boston before, but like northeastern-ish region yeah. here. These are the flowers I am familiar with. So when I'm talking about wildflowers and stuff, it is the flowers that I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. First of all, flowers that you see all the time and perhaps never thought about the fact that they might be edible. Dandelions we already talked about. Sure, yeah. Clover, every kind of clover. I forgot clover is edible. Little white clover, big purple clover. Like red clover is really the tastiest, the big purple blossoms. When I was a kid, I would pull out the stamens and like suck the nectar out of them. It's so yummy. What about the green ones? Those are their leaves. Those are are their leaves. I'm on a roll tonight. eh? Wow. Linden, if you've passed a linden tree and just smelled it, you're pro- people are probably not. That's kind of like secondary. But like there are linden trees all over where we live. Violets. You see violets all spring, the little purple violets coming up. Mm-hmm. Edible. Delicious. Lilacs. Edible. Delicious. Lavender, obviously. Edible. Roses, I already talked about. Edible. Daylilies. So daylilies grow everywhere. Uh, around here because they're a plant that you can throw like three tubers in the ground and then you will have a yard full of daylilies within two years. Right, right. Daylilies are one of those plants that every part of the plant is edible. The thing with daylilies is that like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, not so yummy? Like they're not the yummiest. Um, The yummiest way to eat daylilies is to snap off the buds when they're still green and uh, eat them like green beans and they taste a lot like green beans and they're nice. Mm. But it's like you could also just have green beans. So like, if you have a lot of daylilies in your yard, right. it's a thing to think about. You can eat the flowers. I personally find that flowers that big have um, the texture isn't as nice because they have mm-hmm. that kind of like slimy thing. Sure. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's not bothered by slimy. Would that maybe be a good one to batter and fry? Probably. Pro- I bet I bet batter and fried daylilies are delicious. Mm. I bet you can eat them like squash blossoms. It's worth mentioning here that like 
we've talked about them a little bit as like garnish kind of things or like things to toss into a salad or make mm-hmm. a drink out of. But part of why it's good to know what flowers near you might be edible is just for survival, right? Yep. Where like you were saying before, you can throw, you know, a small amount of daylilies into the ground and then within a year or two have, you know, too many. This may possibly be one of the ways that I manage my eco-anxiety is by knowing all of the edible plants sure. in our neighborhood. But I think that's really like valuable and <laughs> yeah. really like it's I think there's something valid to that. Well, it's folk wisdom and it's folk mm. knowledge and it's I mean, uh, this is a whole other thing, but like I have my whole thing about how urban planning is fascist and mm. Uh, yard, yard culture is fascist and cracking down on like HOAs are fascist cracking down on what people can have in their yards is fascist because it prevents people from growing their own food uh, see also food sovereignty that we talked about <laughs> recently in the right. seasonal leading episode part of food sovereignty is people having the right to grow food mm-hmm. yeah. anywhere including in the city Yeah, uh, and on that note Part of food sovereignty is the right to know that the soil in your neighborhood is safe to grow food in, Mm. which is the other issue of urban gardening that comes up is you don't know what's in your soil because they don't actually take care of it because they don't actually want people to be self-sufficient. Anyway, (laughs) I am the leftist form of this, not the right wing form of this, just to be very clear. (laughs) No, you. Um, it's I get very uncomfortable where where my left wing politics overlap with preppers. Um, <laughs> so, other flowers you might not know about tulips. Another one that it's like just because you can doesn't mean you should, sure. but like they're pretty. Yeah, fruit flowers. So like apple blossoms, cherry blossoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just I mean I could keep going, but like there's some some. Ones that you might not know about. Clover is such a nice one. Violets are such a nice one. Um, Pansies and Johnny Jump Ups also edible. (laughs) Sorry. What's a Johnny Jump Up? Johnny Jump Ups are so cute. They're they're a sort, uh, they're like similar to pansies. They're in that family. Okay. Uh, Oh, these guys. Yeah. Little little purple yellow guys. Johnny Jump Ups. Yeah. I love them. Viola (laughs) Tricolor is what they're also called. So anything in the Viola family you can eat. I feel like it sounds like something derogatory a little bit when you're like, ah, oh, there's a bunch of fucking pansies and Johnny Jump Ups over here. I love Johnny Jump Ups. They're another one. I, I can't believe I don't grow any yet. Um, they're another one that grow everywhere. They're tasty. You know, a very subtle flavor, but they're nice. Yeah. And you can, um, when you take all the petals off, there's like a little guy in the middle sitting with little feet. And it's really cute. And I like that. Yeah. So those are some basic ones that like might already be in your neighborhood. I also want to give a quick shout out to um, Alexis Nicole, the Black Forager. She's Mm. very big on TikTok, but also on Instagram. She has introduced me to so many edible flowers that I did not even know about, um, including magnolias. She does pickled magnolia buds. Apparently, they're um, like spicy and like really, really, really nice. Okay. Uh, And I may do that next year. Peonies, also edible. I'm trying to remember... Peonies are the like huge pink ones we have outside. Yes, there we yeah, go. Yeah. I was like, I know we have those in our garden. Have we eaten those before? We have not eaten them. Okay, I don't um, think so. I have, but you smell them, right? Like when they're yeah. blooming, you can smell them from around the corner. Sure. So it's that same kind of just faintly floral, the same way roses have it, sort of subtle, mm. but there. Okay. A really nice way to start eating flowers is to 
grab them and throw them in a salad as a little garnish or as just part of the salad. Uh, but one thing that it's really important to note is that you need to be familiar with where the flowers are coming from. Mm-hmm. Because with places like public parks, um, often they're sprayed with herbicides, pesticides, things you don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's best to get them like from your own yard or a family member's yard where you know what's been going on the on the ground and in the ground especially with things like buds that have like very concentrated stuff Hmm. Uh, you can have like highly concentrated like toxins if there's like heavy metals or pesticides or something on there yeah so so you know as always with foraging what alexis nicole always says is happy snacking don't die (laughs) yeah yeah fair yeah i mean you know if you have the choice between eating a peony from your own garden and a peony from a public park just think about where there's going to be more dogs walking by doing their thing and ask yourself which has more pee on these I mean, the other important thing, obviously, is identification. Yeah. Uh, but with flowers like roses, dandelions, clover, like those are easy to identify. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, if you have ever seen the little plant that looks like clover, but the leaves are heart-shaped mm. and it has teeny yellow flowers instead of bushy flowers like clover, that is wood sorrel. Uh, also edible, absolutely delicious. It's lemony. Yeah. Uh, it's super nice. Good source of vitamin C. Related to star fruit. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, you guys harvested a bunch of wood sorrel the other day. and Toby, Toby got was, really excited about it. He was so cute. He kept coming over and being like, Papa, you have to try those leaves that are shaped like hearts and taste like lemons. They are so delicious. <laughs> and like, so into them. I had to eat so many of them, but I, I mean, they were good. And those just like, you can weed your garden and then you have a salad. Right. Because uh, they grow everywhere yeah um again like i just feel like i can't say this enough like don't just listen to the words i'm saying and then go out and pick a random flower and eat it because i feel like it's really important to note that there are also flowers that are highly poisonous um so do not hear what i'm saying and be like oh that's great i'm gonna make a flower salad from my garden and then go pick a bunch of foxgloves and die Mm -hmm. okay uh don't eat foxgloves they will kill you or at least seriously damage you yeah um google is your friend here (laughs) this is why i'm saying like alexis nicole she's like so good for showing you how to identify things Mm -hmm. i literally i saw a video of someone being like oh i just i just ate this random berry outside and now like i'm in so much pain and it was a johnny jump up berry and they are full of uh like a type of calcium sodium I don't know crystal that tears up your mouth so basically you eat them and they just shred your mouth and they taste like pain there's also things like yew berries that I would not suggest eating even though they're edible because the rest of the plant is highly toxic so just like you know anytime you're foraging don't eat something unless you're 100% sure what it is and don't eat something unless you're like pretty pretty well sure where it came from those are the rules you okay yeah i mean i'm just still thinking about this this flower that has berries that shred your mouth oh yeah i think i said johnny jump up but it's jack in the pulpit that's why i'm sorry what is it called jack in the pulpit no it's fucking not (laughs) okay i mean this looks like a flower you shouldn't Yes, it engage with it in like any context. Yes, yeah. so so just be aware. You know, marigolds are edible. Also, calendula. There's just so many. See, this is why I can't just list. I can't just list flowers because I could sit here for an hour just listing flowers. So next category, away what? from flowers you probably see all the time that are edible. What's I, up? I'm sorry. I'm just. I can't get over the idea of someone looking at this Jack in the pulpit bog onion. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. 
and thinking, oh, I should eat something it was the berries. out of that. Did you look up the berries? I see the berries. Yeah. The berries are still kind they of They look horrifying. like Satan's corn on the cob. Yeah. Yeah. They look like a... <laughs> They look like an inside-out pomegranate. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, you can understand eating it. Yeah. But then I look at the plant itself, and it's <laughs> it's a nightmare creature. Yeah, it is. Is this Victory Bell? This might be what Victory Bell yeah, is supposed to Yeah, this is what be. Victory Bell is based on. Oh. Moving on. Next category. Uh, I want to talk about flowers you are probably already familiar with eating as teas. Mm-hmm. So, lavender is one that often shows up in teas. Um, it's edible. It's nice. I really like putting lavender in shortbread. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just... I've made your, my lavender yeah, shortbread you for you, right? Yeah. yeah you if have. you just wonk up some lavender with the sugar that you're going to put in your shortbread, that's a technical term, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, like, before you make it, you throw the sugar and the lavender into the mixer and just whip them together for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually just like cooking tip anytime you're adding something aromatic to your baking like lemon zest even um mix it with your sugar first because Mm. the oils will infuse the sugar and it will be so yummy Uh. so lavender in shortbread really nice uh lavender in tea really nice lavender lemonade really nice but also just lavender snacky really nice um an adorable thing about guinea pigs is that they like to eat both lavender and chamomile and it has a soothing property for them as it does for us Hmm. that's nice speaking of chamomile one thing to look up uh chamomile will grow in most gardens you can probably grow it but i mean the thing with edible flowers right is that if you're not growing them it can be hard to get your mitts on them Mm -hmm. but with chamomile there's also at least in our corner of the world wild chamomile Mm -hmm. which smells absolutely gorgeous and it it doesn't it isn't immediately recognizable because it doesn't have the white petals that we're familiar with with chamomile but it looks kind of like if you pulled all the white petals off a chamomile Mm. um and it's really nice it's a really nice one i like it possibly more than garden variety chamomile um, that may be a nostalgia thing because I had a lot of it growing up, but like I really like it. It looks almost like a yellow green strawberry, like yeah. but like upright. Hibiscus, we already mentioned, edible, lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the sorrel variety of his hibiscus, as always, do your research before you just randomly eat a flower. Mm-hmm. Please, I am begging you, don't just randomly eat a flower because I talked about flowers. Please, I don't want that on my conscience. Final category. The flowers of things you already eat. Mm. We talked about zucchini blossoms. Yeah. With your herbs, if mm-hmm. you have herbs growing, uh, as a lot of gardeners will know, but maybe you're a new gardener and you don't know this, you usually want to what's called deadhead your herbs. That's to, where you make them listen to the Grateful Dead and, and follow smoke them around weed, on yeah. tour. Yeah. Uh, no, you pinch off the flower heads and you basically don't let them go to seed. Because if they go to seed, they'll like stop growing and die down and you want to keep having leaves. Mm-hmm. My tip is when you do that with your basil or your oregano or your mint, save those flowers, pop them in your mouth. They are like a flavor bomb. They're like a concentrated flavor bomb. You thought basil was potent? Wait till you eat a basil flower head. It's so nice. It's, it's so basil-y. <laughs> it's basilicious. Obviously, dill flowers, fennel flowers, you can just snip off and eat. Your squashes, your zucchinis, your cucumbers, you can eat. But, like, maybe don't do that if you want to have squashes and cucumbers and zucchinis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The flowers of fruits. Mm. Um, So, like, your strawberry blossoms, your raspberry blossoms, your apple blossoms. Mm -hmm. You can eat those. Again, the more flowers you eat, the less fruit you'll have. 
Yeah. So that's Bit that's trade the trade off, and I think that's why most people don't eat them is just because you want to have a harvest. Yeah, exactly. Important note: uh, don't eat the flowers from nightshades. So tomatoes, potatoes, uh, eggplant, I believe. Don't eat their flowers. Yeah. You'll have a bad time. Thank you for bringing that up because I feel like tomatoes are one that people might do. Yeah. Well, you're listing all these like vegetables and fruits. I mean, I'm mostly listing herbs. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yes, that's a good point. Finally, flowers you're already eating, but you didn't know. I only have two, but I'm sure there's more. Broccoli. Sure. As flower buds. And if you leave your broccoli around long enough, you'll see it blossom uh and artichokes are flowers okay yep that makes sense yeah so those are flowers you might already be eating yeah and if you're not already eating broccoli and artichokes get on it yeah they're good yeah you should be but really like my assignment for you is to find a nice rose growing somewhere where it's not getting pesticided and eat some petals because it'll make you happy and it makes you feel like a little fairy and it's Mm -hmm. nice to just feel like a little fairy sometimes yeah, and don't let people convince you that dandelions are bad. Dandelions are good. They're good for yeah. pollinators. They're cute. Yeah. Um, and you can eat them if you need to. And they bring children joy, too. You yeah, know? I don't understand. The anti-dandelion thing is fascist. It's, and it's fascist, yeah. and it's fascist, and lawns are fascist. Mm-hmm. Everything's fascist. Eat flowers. Yeah, eat uh, flowers, non- don't be a fascist. <laughs> eat flowers and don't be a fascist. Something I didn't mention yet is that a really beautiful way to eat flowers is to put them on baked goods as a Mm. garnish. Um, I am not much of a piper. Like, I do not do well with frosting, making frosting look pretty. Mm. So I really like knowing about edible flowers (laughs) so I can just, like, put them on things. Um, The other one, the thing that I forgot to mention, actually, Mm. is chive blossoms and allium blossoms. So, like, chive onion blossoms. And I made a chive chive blossom-infused vinegar this year that was so nice. Mm -hmm. I just used the last of it. Make simple syrups out of roses, lavender, lilacs, rose geraniums. Beautiful. (sighs) You know, make your tea. Uh, uh, Just enjoy them. Enjoy flowers because they really have so much to offer. Thank you for sharing all that. I uh, I'm excited. I mean, it's it's been fun like getting to munch on things that I never thought about munching on. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's it's a it's a way that you enrich my life in my little cage. It's arrangement. <laughs> it's arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend, folks. Highly Go, recommend. Eat some flowers. Eat some flowers, but please do your research. Don't die. Don't don't eat random flowers. Thoughtfully eat some flowers. Mindfully. <laughs> Mindful flower eating. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tuffer Bear and at Tom's Latni. Uh, I am not on the the Twitter that was, but I am on Mastodon. If you want to find me, if you liked this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to Patreon.com/slash No Bad Food Pod and donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H, Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, Aslam, and our newest Patreon and our newest patron, Anne. Patron. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. Oh yeah, baby. We also have merch and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at the Podcavern merch store. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend or an enemy. Yeah. You know? Share it with an enemy. Share it with an enemy. Be like, ugh, go eat a tomato flower. Hey, 
bunch of fucking Johnny jump ups. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. Our theme music is by Zach, Jack in the Pulpit, Jill in the Sheets, Ingles, and our cover art is by David21 Johnny Jump Up Street Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, the show was produced by mostly Tefer Jemian this time around and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. You really shouldn't, Jack in the Bull. <laughs> Rest in peace, Peter Herman. See you next week. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Arcane Ninja RPG tells a story about ninjas and magic by mixing improv and role-playing. Meet our fledgling ninja and fall for them as they take their graduation exam and stumble upon unknown magic that will send them in an epic adventure. Root for them as the dice dictate just how successfully they face the threatening challenges that lay ahead. Binge on published episodes at the Pot Cavern Network or your podcast station of choice. Tune in every other Tuesday for your bi-weekly fix of Arcane Ninja RPG. Thanks for listening. <laughs>